What's up, everyone? This is the Nuts and Bolts podcast, and I'm your host, the one Jame, here with our amazing co-host, Airball. Hey, guys. And Michael Kritz. What it do. And we're here to give you the nuts and bolts of the standard and pioneer formats each and every week. A little bit of historic brawl today. But first, let me talk to you about the sponsor of the podcast, CoolStuffInc.com. Using code JAMES5, you can save 5% off of anything in the store, sealed products, singles, anything you could ever need in Magic the Gathering and every other card game for that matter. They have it. Go save yourself some hard-earned money and go to CoolStuffInc.com today. Let's go to the upkeep. We're going to start off with a jargon. We have two jargons today because we have two different types of cards in this uh, his, uh, this uh, Explorer anthology that we're going to be talking about today. Broken and Chaff. Broken is a card that's overly powerful, usually a card that you can't afford to play without if you're playing in those colors. When a card's officially broken is of some debate within the Magic community, players frequently declare cards they hate to be broken, even if they're not. Likewise, it's a term that's frequently used sarcastically, like something, you know, something's broken, even though it's not really broken or breaking the game. The other one is Chaff, is unremarkable or worthless cards. A rubbish card is not worthy to be a part of a constructed deck. Very often used in the context of quote-unquote draft chaff, where the 42 to 45 card pool has its useful cards stripped and the remainder left behind. When, when someone talks about chaff, they literally is just like, this is a junk common or uncommon that no one should ever play. Why are they playing this? Um, <laughs> like some random three-mana enchantment removal spell that was only designed for draft. People call it chaff, but sometimes they're really good if you're playing an enchantment deck. Anyways, we're going to talk about basically what's broken and what's chaff today. Let's talk. Let's go to Airball and Michael Kritz to see what they feel is is the difference between something broken, maybe sarcastically, and something that's chaff, maybe in the new cards that we're going to talk about. Yeah, kind of like what you said. Um, broken is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, for me, for for a lot of players, broken just means not chaff and uh, swings the game when it enters the when it enters the battlefield, which to me just means constructed playable. So I think a lot of people will have a disagreement about what's broken and what isn't. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And like, you know, that's exactly, you know, not to mirror you two, so just to, to be off that path, things that you can consider broken are things like, you know, Omnath or companion cards or Oko. Those things fundamentally broke the game of Magic and had to be banned. So you can say those things would be accurate to say broken. Now, culture familiar? Mm-mm-mm. Not broken. They, you know... Free, free, free Cauldron Familiar, okay? Justice for Cauldron Familiar. That's what I'm talking about. That card was not broken. People just felt bad. Uh, and then Chaff is, you know, tra Draft Chaff, that's totally a thing. I, I'm a little goblin that takes all the, the, the Draft Chaff and then I flip it. So, like, keep leaving your Draft Chaff out. Sometimes, you know, there's, like, a card that is good in some sort of format that people think it's good, and I, 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 I flip them. I mean, speaking of chaff, I was one of the people that thought Cauldron Familiar and Witches Oven were both chaff, <laughs> and then I lost to it, and I was like, what? I lost to some random deck-using draft cards <laughs> the first time I ever played against Cat Oven, and I was like, that cannot be a deck. I knew it was so good to start <laughs> off. I started my career as Magic as a sacrifice player, and I was like, wait a minute. Oven? Cat? This is great. I knew from the rip that thing was going to be popping. Yeah, I didn't I didn't come up. I didn't like think about the trail of crumbs with the mayhem devil and all that kind of stuff uh, to begin with. So, yeah, I thought it was traff, chaff, as I must say. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the main phase. We're talking about Explorer Anthology 2. There's 25 total cards, and we're going to go over those today. Some of them might be broken. Spoiler alert. And some of them are just chaff. Um, let's start out with the first one. It's Mana Confluence. Mana Confluence is a card that is very powerful. You can tap it to pay a life and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. But the problem is you have to pay a life. And in a constructed format where aggro decks exist, you don't want to have too many of these in your deck. And you only really want to want to have it if your mana is super bad. Maybe if it's like a four or five mana deck. The only deck I've seen this in, in Constructed, is five color Enigmatic Fires. And then the rest of the decks that play Mana Confluence are just Commander decks or Historic Brawl decks. Mm, I, I mean, I've seen it in actual Pioneer. People play Mana Confluence. 
especially when they're trying to do like three color things or like uncertain about how to initially build their mana bases you kind of sometimes see mana confluence but it, it's something that we spoke on another episode you know if you're going to put mana confluence in your deck you should probably take a piece of paper and write off to the side like how much damage a game you're taking from it and if that ended up being the reason you lost the game and then reassessing mana confluence so i think it's a great mana, fi mana fixing tool but um it's hard to sometimes for a lot of players to assess whether or not that was what made you lose the game yeah it's kind of funny um mana confluence is coming to explore after uh the complete set of painlands did which is kind of weird it's backwards of what happened in pioneer where mana confluence was around before they had the complete set of 10 painlands available um decks played mana confluence because they didn't have those other five painlands legal in the format and i don't think i've seen anyone play it um once actually since the other five were printed uh not against me anyway yeah, so, but right before the the newest set of painlands were printed, with that completed the set in Pioneer, I saw the five color enigmatic fires play like one copy of Mana Confluence. But now since they're all back, the mana is a little bit better, and you don't have to play Mana Confluence anymore. So it's definitely a thing that's more of a liability if you're playing Constructed, and a very very good card if you're playing Historic Brawl or even just straight up Commander. Um, but this we're talking about Explore Anthology, so this will be on Arena. So I don't expect to see much Mana Confluence being played. Um, moving on to the next one is a staple card in white decks in Pioneer, especially at the aggro decks, Brave the Elements. It's a one white instant, choose a color, white creatures you control gain protection from the chosen color until end of turn. This changes the game, actually, and makes the mono-white aggro deck and even red-white, uh, red-white, uh, I would say, I say prowess, but more red-white heroic. Uh, very playable in Explorer now, now that we have Brave the Elements. I've definitely lost this card not once, more than once, uh, where they give their whole board protection from your blockers and attack you for game. So this is a very, very important card, Airball. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, I've definitely gotten got by Brave the Elements several times. It's awesome in a format that's uh, dominated by single target removal, like Pioneer is right now. Uh, and don't sleep on the other mode where you can just use it to push through lethal. Uh, this card is sick. Yep, I have lost to this card. Not even in Pioneer. Not even, not even Pioneer. I lost to it in Modern. Uh, I, I, it's a, it was a timing issue, and it ended up costing me the game, and I felt real silly. So make sure you pay attention to Brave the Elements. Additionally, if you're playing another color and you're doing a pump spell, and you you cast Brave the Elements in response to something, like say something's trying to bolt your thing. And in response, you try and like, you know, braid the elements and then they do another bolt and then like you respond with like a pump spell, like be careful with that's probably not how it's going to work for it to fall off. But I have seen players who want to braid the elements and like they have like a good turn, like lethal lined up and then your your spell fizzles to pump your creature because braid the elements happens. So don't get got by your own because that, that can also happen. So yes. really powerful card. Uh, plenty of people are going to get got. Your opponent's going to get got. You're going to get got by your own. Uh, it's a very fun card. Yeah, I remember one time specifically the point that you, that you made. I was playing against a green-white auras player, and I and they <laughs> braved the elements on white, and then lost their auras. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Oops. <laughs> yep. Whoops. I was like, yeah, you lose your auras, and they were like, oh. <laughs> but, so yeah um that happened so make sure you don't get got by that but braided elements mm -mm. i think really puts mono white humans on the map but maybe not until we get thalia's lieutenant but it definitely makes mono white aggro and boros heroic playable uh in explorer all right moving on to the next one and this one is uh baroken this oh, one is chaff. this you think you think it's chaff you think you think no. this one's chaff okay let's do a vote no. <laughs> uh, Nykthos, Shrine to Nyx, and uh, this is the reason for the title of this one, Nykthos Not Nyxed, because Nykthos is here! For the longest time, Nykthos has not been an explorer, and it's here. Which means that Mono Green Devotion is now one of the best decks, if not the best deck in Explorer. I don't think it's the best deck, I think it's pretty much tied with Rakdos, but still, this, li quite literally, 
jumps Mono Green Devotion into one of the best decks in Explorer, Michael. Yeah, good luck, gamers. Uh, you know, you got to have it nice in Explorer where you didn't have to go against Mono Green, so have fun. Uh, Nykthos is literally a broken card because it breaks the game of magic of producing way more mana than you should at a certain turn. So, um, yeah, I this card, I don't need to talk about this card. This card is going to make so much mana for the Mono Green players, and people are going to be trying to be cute be like i had this deck this mono black deck thought up or i have <laughs> yeah. this mono mono blue deck thought up and i'm going to use nykthos and it's going to be great and then you're <laughs> going to see the mono green opponent use it to its full utility and be like what am i doing here i need to pack it in i need to go home i need to reassess my life of why i was trying yes. to make those not for green and for those of you at home maybe you're a standard player who, who doesn't realize the power of nykthos you, you pay two mana and tap it and choose a color and then add your to your mana pool an amount of mana of that color equal to your devotion to that color so people will be using cavalier of thorns to get nykthos onto the battlefield and then un and then using nykthos for a ton of mana and then casting another cavalier of thorns and getting another nykthos and legend rule legend rules the nykthos and then you tap it again for a bunch of mana and then you use kiora to untap the nykthos and then tap it again for a bunch of mana and then maybe you just cast your teferi who slows the sunset and untap it again and then you just find a whole bunch of ways to untap nykthos and all of a sudden you've made 80 mana in a turn i'm not kidding i've seen 92 mana in the same turn in a mono green deck and, just uh, concede. Yeah, the, the game's over. Anyway, Airball, do you have anything to say about this card? Yeah, this card kind of like puts me into a bit of a crisis. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Pioneer is my favorite format in Magic by a lot, right? And I was really excited when they added Explorer to Arena because it meant that we were gonna get we were gonna get to Pioneer eventually over time. And every Explorer anthology so far, every card that they printed into the format from Pioneer, I've been really excited about. Supreme Verdict, love it. Kalidus, great. Brave the Elephants, <laughs> Brave the Elephants, Brave, Brave the, the Elephants. elephants. <laughs> I want that one too. Brave <laughs> the Elements, fantastic. And then I saw Nykthos and I'm like, oh, that's going to be an Explorer now. Mm. Am I going to have as much fun in Explorer now mm. that Nykthos is going to be here? And I think the answer is just no. Just no. Uh, th this card is clearly the most powerful card in the entire format. It lets you do utterly busted, repetitive things. And the thing that bothers me most is that it's it exacerbates the existing play draw issues with Magic. Um, a Nykthos draw on the play is so much better and so much harder to interact with than a Nykthos draw on the draw. It it leads to games that don't feel like games of magic. Like there was nothing you could do. And that is the worst feeling in magic to me when it feels like my opponent just sort of goldfish and solitaire and I didn't get to do anything. Mm -hmm. One thing about, about this that I like about this anthology is that they brought, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but they brought, they brought Nykthos into Explorer, but then they empowered the decks that already beat mono green in pioneer. It bringing Brave the Elements. Mono White is pretty good against Mono Green. Mono, uh, Mono Red, pretty good against Mono Green. Boros Prowess, Boros Heroic, pretty good against Mono Green. And those decks are playing Brave the Elements. So I, I like that there is the add Nykthos, but also add the card that's good against the Nykthos deck, even though the Nykthos deck is still better than those decks. But if I had to say anything positive about it, it would be I like the fact that Brave the Elements and some other cards are about to go over are good already against Mono Green, and we and that's proven by statistics. All right, let's move on to the next one. It's Dispel. One mana instant counter target instant spell. It is a CEDH and EDH staple, commander staple, Dispel, which is, I said we're going to talk about a little bit of Historic Brawl, but Dispel is probably going to be played in a competitive Historic Brawl if you wanted to play that, but... I've seen, I think I've seen Dispel like once in a Pioneer list, and it was like in a um, in a Hidden Strings deck. But do you see Dispel seeing play at all in uh, in Pioneer or I mean in Explorer Anthology Two? Uh, I don't. Uh, I think it's a straight up chaff card. There's other cards that I don't know. Like even a Null is better. I don't know if that's what do you call this playable in Pioneer. But I would rather play. I would put two copies of a null in my in my in my deck before I put one dispel in my deck. Yeah, I mean there's because... also like an offer you can't refuse and stuff too. Like there's there's cards that are like pretty good. There's like there's just like negate you could play. Um Airball, what yeah. do you think about the spell? 
I, I think it's way too narrow. I don't think it'll see any play at all. And I think one of the main reasons is just because Mystical Dispute exists. That too. Um, mm -hmm. Most of the cards you would want a, a one mana counter spell for are to win counter wars. And Dispute just does that way better. I, I would never want to play any of these in my deck, mm -hmm. I don't think. Yeah, this is this is the one of the things I say that Explorer Anthology Two is. There's a lot of cards that are really good, and it, and it will be good in Explorer slash Pioneer. There's also cards that are just um, very popular cards, and cards for Historic Brawl. Moving on to the next one is I think along with Mana Confluence is a card that will make five color enigmatic fires better, and this was a card that they really needed. Nylia's Presence. It's one under green for an aura enchant land. When Nylia's Presence enters the battlefield, draw a card. Enchant land is a is every basic land type in addition to its other types. So this is way better than the one we have in Explorer now, which doesn't actually change the land type to a basic land type because Nylia's Presence turns on your Leyline Binding, whereas the other one that was played does not turn on your Leyline Binding. So very important that Nylia's Presence is in that deck, and it bump, it bumps up Enigmatic Fires a, uh, a tier in Explorer. And it's probably going to be one of the best decks, at least a deck that you're going to have to worry about and explore Airball. Yeah, you're right. Nilia's Presence is exactly what the Doctor ordered for writing Medic Incarnation. It gives you a full domain just by being on the board. It's a sack uh, enchantment uh, for Enigmatic Incarnation itself, so you can put a three-power creature into play. The three-power creatures are the best fetch targets in uh, on rate in the Enigmatic Incarnation deck, period. Uh, I think this card's awesome. I'm really glad to see it. The thing that I think is the coolest is like if you're a creative deck builder, if you really like figuring out puzzles or like being able to put your personality or something into a deck, I think this is the one that is going to be the card out of anything on the list that's going to lend itself to the most creativity to anything else. This is one that if you're a creative deck builder, I think you folks out there are going to be very excited by this card. Yeah, I agree. Uh, moving on to the next one that I think is just a very popular card, also a, c a commander in Historic Brawl, but never ever played in Pioneer or Explorer. Sliver Hive Lord. This is a Wooburg 5-mana five 5-5 five, five legendary creature Sliver. Sliver creatures you control have indestructible. And this is just a commander, right? Yep. I don't know what it's doing here. It's Sliver Snorlord as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically just a commander, right? Yep, totally agree. All right, moving on to Shaman of the Pack. One black and a green for a 3-2 Elf Shaman. When Shaman of the Pack enters the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to the number of elves you control. So, this makes Golgari Elves more playable, but are Golgari Elves really playable? I don't know. The only the only really, the only really Elves deck I saw that was that did okay in Pioneer was just Mono Green, so I don't know if you want to splash black for this. I mean, the black splash is probably not that big of a deal since we have Lanowar Waste now and, and we just went over Mana Confluence if you wanted to play that. But... Uh, Shaman of the Pack, if you want to play Elves, it's here for you. Yeah, it's it's a it's a legal magic card. It's a Coco hit. Um, I wish it was like the uh, Red-Black Goblin that would let you do damage to any target to kind of like clear the way for your Elves to get through. It doesn't. It just causes loss of life. I think that hurts it a lot. Um, maybe it makes the cut. I kind of doubt it. All right. Let's talk about the next one. It is an Eldrazi. We are getting Eldrazi's in Explorer, I think, for the first time. Matter yeah. Reshaper. It's two and a Wingding, which is like a colorless mana. For, <laughs> I call it a Wingding. Um, Eldrazi. Um, and then it says, when Matter Reshaper dies, reveal the top card of your library. You may put that card onto the battlefield if it's a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. And it's a three-two. So... It genuinely just puts a land on the battlefield, which is all I've seen this card do. But it can do a lot of other stuff, too. It can put, like, any three mana or less permanent that you can think of that you might want to play. Fable the Mirror Breaker, Wedding Announcement, whatever you want to play. Or if you're playing other colors with this, you can put other matter shapers on the battlefield. Uh, it can... It's just played in your colorless Eldrazi deck, right? And there's a, there's a bunch more... There's a couple more Eldrazis that we're going to go over. Then you... It, they, they did make it playable to have an Eldrazi tribal deck if you wanted to. And I think it's kind of important, given the popularity of Eldrazi, that it's just in Explorer in case people wanted to play it, even if it's not even good, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, 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 all you Eldrazi freaks out there. We know you're out there. You're sweating. <laughs> you're just thinking about this matter reshaper. 
you're you're talking to all your friends like bro listen real quick or like hey yo chick listen uh we got we got this matter reshaper it's gonna be awesome i'm gonna put this eldrazi deck together it's gonna be it's gonna be phenomenal like you're seeing okay david you want to see my matter reshaper yeah exactly you're seen out there okay you do your eldrazi thing on the ladder like have fun like y'all got y'all got it you got your wish i have played against exactly one match against eldrazi tribal in pioneer and it was not good at all <laughs> i was like wow you just played a four mana four four or you just played a three mana three two like that's not good <laughs> they know you don't need to tell them just let them live their dreams don't even just this is for the most of people listening to this podcast this is not for you this is not for you just you know all you eldrazi people just enjoy just well, i'm not gonna say anything bad about it you have your thing go eldrazi out yeah, yeah, yeah. You you do your thing, Eldrazi people. Uh, and I, I I think I think I might be an Eldrazi person. I literally cast Ulamog Ceaseless Hunger in Modern, so uh I, I I guess I'm one of the Eldrazi people. I think. Does that make me an Eldrazi person? Casting like Ugin the Spirit Dragon is? Am I an Eldrazi Ass person? That's terrible. That's just that just makes you toxic. That's all. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm like half an Eldrazi person. I play Mono Green Tron in Modern. Anyway, moving on to the next one is Zulaport Cutthroat. One and a black for a 1-1 human rogue ally. Whenever Zulaport Cutthroat or another creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So, Mr. Rakdos Gang Gang over here, your little Rakdos sacrifice shenanigans, I'm going to let you talk about the Zulaport Cutthroat and the little plans you have for this card. I mean, I don't have that much plan. I don't really play Explorer like that, but, like, if I was, like, I'm super interested in pairing this up with my cat or with Priest or Forgotten Gods or any of those type of things. Like, it's just Zillaport Cutthroat, phenomenal. Um, and it's going to get to see play in other things in in um, in Arena. So, like, that's going to be really interesting to see where it lends itself to in other places in Arena. So... I think Zillaport Cutthroat, I've played lots of that in, like, Commander, and um, just, it's a wonderful card. It's a fair card because it is a 1-1 body that can die very easily. Like, you can just target it and it dies, but if you don't, you know, you run away with the game. It's just a it's a solid, tight card in, in Sacrifice. Yeah, I think this card um, probably doesn't make the cut in any Rakdos sack lists I've seen in Pioneer. It may get there in Explorer, which is just, mm -hmm. like, a touch lower power level. Uh, and I like it because I think it's playable, even if it's not, like, the most optimal thing. It gives a little flavor to the formats. It gives something else to put in those flex spots. Um, I don't think it makes it in Historic, just because Historic's power level is through the roof and this doesn't do enough. But I I'm glad it's available to us. Yeah, in Historic we have, like, Blood Artist, which is, like, way more powerful, right? Yeah. Uh, but Z Zulipor Cutthroat I actually have seen in a Pioneer deck. It's the... Um... Gilded Goose, and it's like a bunch of um, mana dorks, like Gilded Goose, uh, Elvish Mystic, Llanowar Elves, and it plays Zulaport Cutthroat and Priest of the Forgotten Gods, to where you can like turn three Bolas Citadel, and then Woe Strider and combo off the top, and they play with they oh, play sick. and they play Zulaport Cutthroat in that deck, I believe. So that's the deck that I have seen it in. Not a popular deck at all, but it does um, complete that deck, I believe, which is worth noting. Uh, moving on to the next one, and it's a super important card in Pioneer, and let's talk about it in Explorer, Rending Volley. This is a one red instant. Rending Volley can't be countered by spells or abilities. Rending Volley deals four damage to target white or blue creature. So they've, they buffed Mono White, and then they put Print Rending Volley. They buff Mono White, but they bring Nykthos. So I feel like they're doing this triangle thing where it's like, let's bring the best of Explorer into or Best of Pioneer into Explorer Anthology 2. Because Rending Volley, if, you're, if your deck is playing red, you're playing this card. Yeah, at least in the 75, yeah. Um, I think you're right about Mono White caring about this card, but I think where it really shines, and the biggest change it's going to make in the meta distribution is with Mono Blue Spirits. Yep. Which right now is, like, one of the best decks in Historic, or in Explorer, and most people, I think, would tell you that it is the best deck. It was well represented at the World Championship. Uh, it's an obnoxious deck to play against, uh, and Rending Volley hoses it really hard. It's kind of the reason that Bant Spirits is more popular than Mono Blue Spirits in Pioneer right now. Uh, that is, that, that's how big a deal we're talking about. This card is great. I love it. 
Yeah, um, yeah, Michael. I know you're probably thinking about playing this because even if you're pl even if you're in, in Pioneer playing like a Rakdos midrange, I know I have some copies of Running Volley in my sideboard for Rakdos, in my Rakdos midrange deck against Mono Blue Spirits and for Bant Spirits and for Mono White and for um, Boros Heroic. Um, I'm sure you're playing this card, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely playing this card. Um, it's super good. I don't know if. Is Phoenix on Explorer on the Explorer? Any Phoenix players um, there, out there? There is sure. there is a card that we haven't gone over yet that is really good in Phoenix, but I must give you a little bit of a spoiler that we're not getting any Delve cards in Explorer no. Anthology Two, so that means no Treasure Cruise, and we're also not getting pieces of the puzzle, which severely nerfs the power yeah. level of Phoenix. But uh, Phoenix that exists in Pioneer right now does play Rending Volley. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good card, especially if any of the blue decks are going to be playing Ledger Shredder. It's, you know, it's a clean way to answer it, even if it's been uh, pumped one time. Um, and yeah, uh, it gives Rakdos solid tools in their in their sideboards. Um, yeah, it's just like one of the most efficient things you can be doing for red removal in, uh, you know, Rakdos or any sort of red sideboarding situation. All right, we're moving on to another one, and this is actually just super scary to me. Ethereal Armor. So one white aura enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each enchantment you control and has first strike. So this is like a Boggles card, but I'm super deathly afraid of, uh, of Boggles. You slap this on a Hexproof creature, and then a couple more auras on it, and now you're attacking with like a... You're, you're getting hit by like a 9-9 Hexproof Vigilance First Strike Indestructible creature. And if you don't have like Liliana of the Veil or Invoke Despair or something to make them sacrifice a creature, you're just dead. Uh, Ethereal Armor is just a really scary card to me. Um, maybe it's because I play Rakdos Midrange and I don't like playing against Hexproof creatures. <laughs> but uh, this doesn't give Hexproof, of course, but it does make the creature super large. Uh, any, anything you guys have to say about Ethereal Armor? I, I, I think it does make a deck... It makes like the light pause, um, maybe green white auras deck playable in Explorer now. Yeah, it's kind of better. Um, all the glitters, uh, one man is a whole lot less than two. Um, it's an enchantment that does what you want to be doing in those auras decks. I just don't feel like Boggles is super well positioned in a format that's dominated by um, single target removal, like super efficient removal, like Fatal Push, um, uh, Go for the Throat, that kind of stuff. It, it doesn't really feel like Boggles is super well positioned against those kinds of cards. It also doesn't feel like it's great against decks that have a good number of uh, a, a good board presence, a good number of uh, jump blockers and that kind of stuff. And you do see that a little bit with Rakdos Sacrifice. You see it with um, uh, bigger strategies that go way over the top, like Mono Green. I, I just don't feel like this card will by itself get there. Well, no, I don't think it, by, it gets there by itself. But there, there is also the something... There, there's a... There's an aura that they play. It's like a two-mana green aura that gives trample, which is very relevant. And there's also a lot of white ones. There's like the Griffin's Griff's Boon or something like that that gives flying. So they definitely are prepared for decks like that. Not that it's a tier one deck or anything, but the people that really love auras, it's, it's there for them. Yeah. Sometimes you will get nutdrawed by this thing and you will feel bad, but you need exactly the right distribution of creatures and auras and protection. And if you don't draw that in just the right quantities... Um, or have your opponent stumble, then it's going to feel pretty mopey, I think. Yeah, and, and that's why that's why it's like not a super good deck, but if it's your cup of tea and it's your thing, then at least it's available for you. Okay. H however, yeah. in Historic, Historic Auras oh, yes. is, is pretty scary. And this, this comes to Historic then, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, every card on Arena that's yeah. not explicitly banned in Historic is legal in Historic. Th th this card in Historic is just bananas. I mean, I mean broken. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean it's not broken, but it, it's just it's just really good. I mean, the one time I went and hit Mythic on Arena was historic auras. So I mean, gamers, you know, put on ethereal armor, you know, go to war, get to Mythic. Yeah, put on your armor and go LARP or something. You know, mm -hmm. with your armor. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next one. It's eerie interlude. Two and a white for an instant. Exile any number of target creatures you control. Return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So this, I think, is for a super go big high value uh, 
a historic brawl deck. <laughs> like you just play a whole bunch of blink cards and throw a Yorian in there or something, and then Eerie interlude your board in response to a counter uh, in response to a uh, a sweeper like a farewell or something, and then you Eerie, Eerie interlude your entire board. It comes back and you get a whole bunch of triggers. But as far as Explorer is concerned, or and even looking at the Pioneer meta, I don't think any decks are playing this. But uh, is this chaff to you guys? I don't think it's necessarily chaff. I think there's a place for it, and the place I'm saying it is is for the same you know people who are the creative brewers who want to also use like Nile as presence and Air Interlude and like Interlude and and things like that. Like you want to do something creative or fun with ETB creatures or something to the fact and like have all your fun and like you might find a, a a fun powerful deck that you might be able to run through Explorer with for a while, you know, while you're getting cheeky with it. So like. I think it's it's kind of nice. It's like a breath of fresh air to those creative folks. But um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's chaff, um, but it's not broken. I just think it's for those those types. I don't think this card's a joke. Um, I think we can test with it and see if it fits as like a one or two of in uh, the sideboard of like weenie decks, because historically their biggest weakness is uh, is board wipes. And this is one of the few types of effects that answers a board wipe. Um, it is expensive, so it, it's expensive, but it protects your entire board, and you, that needs to compete with um, spells that protect individual creatures of yours that are much cheaper. And my instinct is that, that those will still be better answers to the uh, to the board wipes in the format. But um, I'm interested to see what happens with uh, with this card. I think maybe one copy in the sideboard might be okay. Um, I think I think with like a mono white aggro deck, you want to be like more proactive with your interruption. Like you want to play like a Thalia and like Elite Spellbinder instead of holding up this three mana card, and especially even if like you want Thalia against the board wipe deck, and then that makes this four mana, so <laughs> it makes it even worse. And also, if your opponent has damage based, uh, if damage based um, uh, sweepers, like say a uh, Burn Down the House or whatever does a lot of damage, um, Brave the Elements also just helps against that um, because it says that your yeah. creature can't take da- your creatures can't take damage from a, a, a certain spell, so. Um, I don't know if it sees play, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw one on the sideboard. For- what I was thinking was like green-white cocoa decks, um, where you're already kind of used to holding up four mana. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another one of you Eldrazi lover cards. It's Worldbreaker. Six and a green. So seven total mana for an Eldrazi. It's a five-seven. Has to void. Uh, when you cast Worldbreaker, exile target artifact, enchantment, or land. It has reach. If it didn't have reach, I'd be surprised. But uh, it, you can pay two and a wingding, sacrifice a land, return Worldbreaker from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, did it mean to rhyme? I don't know. But Worldbreaker is just one of those cards where it's like you're playing Model Green, Tron, and Modern, and you can cast this on turn three if you have a Chromatic Star <laughs> with it. And I haven't seen this card anywhere else. Um, but if you splash green in your Eldrazi deck... You have Worldbreaker to cast. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I just, <laughs> I just hear, I just hear, like, a cacophony of, like, slurping and whispers <laughs> from all the Eldrazi players. Just so happy about Worldbreaker. They're just like, I'm gonna put it in my graveyard, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna unearth it, and it's gonna come to the battlefield, and all my enemies will be in awe, and I will kill them. I'm just like, all right, un- uh, unlicensed Hearst. <laughs> but like, hey, you know, y'all drowsy people just go wild. That's all I gotta say. Listen, they're a different breed, okay? They're a different breed. Let I them know, have their world breaker. I, I know they're a different breed. They can have it. <laughs> no shame against the breed, though. You know, it's it's a good breed. No. It's just different yeah. breed. Airball, what do you think about world breaker? Have you cast this before? I did not know this card existed until now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Amazing! It is a ca- it is a cast trigger. I I must say I have cast some world breakers in my day playing mono green Tron and modern, because it exiles lands in the mirror match. <laughs> it's actually a good, it's actually a good tech. It exiles lands. Your opponent blood moons you. You have a forest and you can exile the blood moon. It's real. It's real. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, I no. played okay, in my sideboard. Let's get you to bed, Grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> you just like. I- or a kid in the playground. I'm not it's kidding, real. though. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> kidding. This, All right. this does exile lands in the mirror match and exiles Blood Moon when you have a green source. 
It's real. Okay. I know. I know it's real. I know I'm saying it's not real. It's real. All right. I'm I'm laughing, but it's not because it's not real. Okay, it's real. Uh, moving on. Um, clever and clever impersonator. It's a two and double blue zero zero shapeshifter. Hey, you stop laughing. Um, you may have clever impersonator enter the battlefield as a copy of any non-land permanent on the battlefield. So when I see this card, I'm like, okay, that's definitely a historic brawl. Um, but also, <laughs> it got my companion uh, ears tingling because you know what else gets to play this card? It's an even card. Garuda. It's more Garuda fodder to mill this card and bring it back and copy Garuda and keep so you can yeah. definitely do that in Historic Brawl. I don't see this being played anywhere else. Don't we already room. have like a four mana card that does exactly this from Capenna? Yes. Am I crazy? We okay. we have it from Capenna, and, and we also and we also have one for more of the Spark. Um, I forgot and, Spark Double. We have like a lot of four mana one, and and there's also the one from Zendikar, which can be a land or not a land, which also copies a thing too, right? That, yep. Is that even That's also the Glass Pool Mimic? Yeah, Glass yeah, no, Pool. Glass odd. Pool's That's odd. Three. Um, oh, sorry. I was just saying a similar type of effect. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't think about the mana cost. Yeah. So you, we get even. We get more copies of cards. Um, not only the new competitive one, but we get clever impersonators too. So if you want to play Garuda and you like copying your Garuda a bunch of times and mill out your deck and play a Thassa's Oracle, then you go do that. But I don't see it playable in Explorer. Why are you hating on? Actually, hold up, hold the phone. Don't hate up on Garuda players. They're basically, you know, don't the say same it. thing as oh Eldrazi players. Oh the, it's the same people. What are you talking? <laughs> about? They all got tentacles. It's like it's all. What do you don't yuck? Uh, they're yum. I'm not. The, I'm not. You're eating from the same plate. It's my. It's my own yum. It's my own yum. I I cast Worldbreaker in my life. Neither of you have. Okay. <laughs> you like your tentacles, do you, James? I like my tentacles. Leave my tentacles alone. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I can't. I, I can't. Um, we're going to move on to a card that is a one of, I think, one or two of, in uh, Mono White Aggro Decks in Pioneer, coming to Explorer, Soldier of the Pantheon. It's a one mana, one white, two one human soldier, protection from multicolored. It also says whenever an opponent casts a multicolored spell, you gain a life. So I have seen this in Mono White Aggro. Have you played against this card, Airball? I did, like, back in the day. Um, like, I feel like a few sets ago, I, I played against Soldier of the Pantheon, and I, I had to read it on Moto, and then I said, oh, okay, I don't care. And then <laughs> I killed them. Like, this, this card did not impress me at all. Am I missing something here? It's a 2-1 for 1. It passes the Savannah Lion test. Um, but d does it does anything else matter on this card? I mean, I don't even know what could be multicolored that could even kill this. Like everything's monocolored that can kill this. Fatal push is monocolored. Um, just literally anything that's a removal spell is monocolored. Besides Dreadbore, I guess. And I, I yeah. oh, actually today I was playtesting Pioneer, and I cut dre all Dreadbores out of my seventy five. It was just bad. But um, I don't know what people's hang-up is with Dreadboard being better than the instant speed removal spells, but whatever. I can, I can go on that rant for, forever. But Soldier of the Pantheon, moral story is, everything that would deal with this is already single-colored. So I don't even know what protection from multicolored does. I guess it can attack through a whole board of colored cards, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's the... But yeah, not, our decks aren't normally... Especially in Pioneer, where things are, like, efficient, and you don't want to be hung up by, like, mana color stuff, like, I don't know what it is for, either. Like, cool, it dodges Drownalock, like, that's, like, the like, and no, 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 no deck is playing, like, Drownalock or Dreadbore, like, you're, well, some decks are playing Dreadbore, but, like, yeah, I don't know what it's dodging. It's, it's trying to dodge stuff that isn't worth okay. dodging. Here's the card it dodges. The best card that it dodges is Blood Tithe Harvester. But like, that's it, I think. Yeah. Because Blood Tithe Harvester I, can't I target it, mind. give it minus two, minus two, and it can attack through Blood Tithe. Sure. All right. right. Yeah. Moving on. To another Eldrazi. Hazalek, mm. mm. the Great Distortion. This is eight in double wingding for 10 mana. It's a 10 mana 12-12. It's a legendary creature Eldrazi. 
When you cast Kozilek the Great Distortion, if you have fewer than seven cards in hand, draw cards equal to the difference. But draw up to seven. With Menace, why I 12-12 needs Menace anyway, I don't even know. Uh, discard a card with converted mana cost X. Counter target spell with converted mana cost X. I have only seen this card as a colorless commander. You know what I'm going to say? It's Historic Brawl. Okay, you're not going to try and cast this in, in I'm Explorer. not going to cast this. There's no Tron it lands. It, it, it has no color. Like, are you going to play a colorless commander? Yes, you can play a colorless commander. Oh, yeah, I guess commander. you can. I know, mm. I know you can, but it's like the Jurassic Park thing. You spend so long thinking about whether or not you, you could that you didn't think about whether you should. <laughs> like, yeah. It just seems terrible. <laughs> so, amazing thing that I heard from another podcast where it was a, a quote from Li Xin... Li Xin... How do I say Li Tian. Yeah, yeah. Li Xitian. Uh He's like, there are five colorful... There are five colors in magic, and they each do very powerful things, and yet you choose to play none of them. <laughs> and so... <laughs> You know what, <laughs> Eldrazi, you know, commander dudes and, and people and folks, do do the colorless thing, you know, that's <laughs> that's great. If you end up, you know, uh, casting one of these in Explorer, screenshot it, send it to us, we'll have a good time. <laughs> L- listen, that, that's, that's actually a good, uh, a good test. Please do that. L- please, I'm looking at the camera right now. Do, do that, please. I will love you. Um, but... There's also a With lot tentacles. of there's a lot of good colorless cards. I have to call them out. Mystic Forge, Karn Great Creator, Ugin the Spirit Dragon, Ugin the Ineffable, Ineffable. There's a lot of like, really good mana rocks that also draw cards and also attack your opponent. You can build a really good colorless deck. Um, I'm not going to be doing it, okay? But you could <laughs> if you're listening to this. <laughs> I, I'm advocating for it, but I personally will not be doing this. But you can, you can, you can vomit your whole hand on the battlefield in mana rocks, and then cast your Kozilek, and it's a cast trigger to draw up to seven cards. Who doesn't want to do that? I want to do that. I'm not going to, but I want to. In my, it's a good idea. I'm, I like the idea of it. Anyway, moving on from Kozilek because we talked a long, a long time about it already. Another Eldrazi. Oh my goodness, is this an Eldrazi wow. show or what? Eldrazi wow. Displacer. It's two and a white for a 3-3 three, three Eldrazi with Void. Two and a Wingding. Exile another target creature, then return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. You can do this to your opponent's creatures. You can blink your opponent's tokens. You can blink your own stuff and return it tapped. I have seen this card in five, five color enigmatic fires to the point where they said it was six colors because Wingding, I guess, is another color. Uh, it's not really, but... You do actually have to use colorless mana and not colored mana to use this ability. But I have seen Eldrazi Displacer flicker um, Agent of Treachery. I've seen it flicker uh, Titan of Industry. I've seen it flicker, you know, all these cards that Enigmatic Fires plays. And even flickers my favorite bull, Siege Rhino. So uh, what, what, do we, what do we think about Eldrazi Displacer in Explorer now? It's not very good. Um, it's played three it's played mana for. It, it's played where? Played in Enigmatic Fires. Yeah. Don't give me that I face. Mean, I guess. I'm giving you that face. Like this, this just doesn't impress me. This seems super inefficient and just not what I want to be doing in that deck. I don't think. Three mana to get it into play, and then three mana to activate it, and then get blown out by like removal spells that dominate the format. No, you just use Ugh. it in response to the removal spells, so your opponent can never cast the removal spells. So like if I no, if I, I target I it, they're just like, gonna I blink it. I I understand how like magic works, but like I I don't feel like I don't feel like this is efficient enough. Like to to have to holding up three mana to blank your opponent's removal spell is a pretty extreme cost, and I don't think I ever want to be doing that. I think I want to be more proactive and playing out to the board. But I don't, I don't know if you say it's played, then I believe you. But I haven't seen a whole lot of it. I have a caveat for you. Enigmatic fires plays fires of invention, right? This is why they play it. Yeah. You sure. you don't ca- you don't use actually use any of your mana, and then you just like use it all on this. I get that. <clears throat> um, Michael, yeah. Michael, what do you, what do you think? It's an Eldrazi. Yeah, Eldrazi displacing in my deck. It's oh not in my, my deck. god! That's where it belongs. It's <laughs> not in your deck. It's displaced from your deck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
No, that was a good dad joke, okay? You don't give a lot of them, but when you do, when you do they're funny. I must say, this is, this is actually the most playable Eldrazi in, in, in Pioneer right now. It's the most played don't let, one. Don't let one, James. <laughs> don't let one, James, lie to you, Eldrazi lovers. They're I'm not all lying. very playable. They're all playable. They're all it's wonderful. Playable. Play them. Please, please, t take to the uh, Explorer ladder with your Eldrazi decks on day one. And, like, all of you do it. I would love it. Um, I could use the easier trip to Mythic. Honestly. Oh my, oh my gosh. Okay, now you have to prove him wrong. Prove him wrong. Make his trip to Mythic so hard. Uh, and blink with Eldrazi at this point. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. It's for Is It Phoenix, which is the only deck I think I've seen play this. Fiery Impulse. It's a one red instant. It deals two damage to target creature. It has Spell Mastery. If there are two or more instant and or sorcery cards in your graveyard, Fiery Impulse deals three damage to that creature instead. So it's a, it's a lightning bolt. It, it, it's basically an instant speed strangle, if you will, um, in, in Explorer. But since we're not getting all the other cards for Is It Phoenix, does this make Is It Phoenix that much better? I think Fiery Impulse is a really important card for Phoenix uh, in Pioneer because it's one of the best answers in the format to Grease Fang. Um, Otherwise, as a Phoenix can kind of get overrun by a good Grease, uh, Grease Fang draw on the play, but Fiery Impulse is just a one-mana answer to the creature, um, and it's not very hard at all to get uh, two instants or sorceries in your graveyard. Yeah, so it's also, actually, you know what, I've seen this card played in, like, Is It and Jeskai Creativity decks as well, that like to fill their graveyard and discard cards with some discard outlet cards like Big Score and things like that. I've seen play Fiery Impulse. Uh, Michael, what do you think of this card? You playing it? Taggart. Uh I mean personally no. Uh I mean if Phoenix if you know more of the Phoenix pieces show up on Explorer, I might jam Explorer. Or yeah, Phoenix. Like I'm a big Rakdos player, but like if I was gonna go to one of the events uh that you know happened recently, like the RC or something like that, like Phoenix is probably like the secondary deck I would play in Pioneer. So um you know, giving Phoenix more tools is, is kind of cool. Um, and you might see some other decks figure out a way to leverage it. Like I said, it's another deck that lends, or it's another, it might be a card that like lends itself to creative folks on the ladder. Um, you know, third, maybe someone wants to be cheeky and build like a young pyromancer and third, um, was it third iconic? Third uh, path iconoclast. Third path iconoclast, like maybe someone wants to do a cheeky deck, something like that, and like that slots in with this. So like, I think it's just a it's it's a fun it's a fun thing for is it mages out there. So I'm I'm curious to see what people if people are going to try and brew some stuff up while having one of these be one of the cards that they slot in. Yeah, for sure. All right, now we got to move on to the mono red lovers, which are just in the opposite side of the spectrum from the Drazi lovers. But it's Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Double red for a 2-2 enchantment creature spirit. Whenever a player casts a spell with converted mana cost three or less, Eidolon of the Great Rebel deals two damage to that player. This is a, a modern staple in Burn, and it is a pioneer staple in mono red. Whether it's red deck wins or just straight up burn, you're playing Eidolon. Not really much to say about this card other than it does a massive amount of damage, right? Oh, yeah. And like... Pairing this with Kumano faces Kakazan. Mm. Yep. Oh my god. Because it's like you play Kumano on, on turn one, turn two, this thing comes in as a three three. Then you see your opponent start sweating because they're like, I had two damage to remove that thing. Now I have not the two damage to remove <laughs> yep. this thing. And then they end up taking like six to eight damage in a turn from or you know, throughout the game from Eidolon of the Great Revel. So uh, it's you know a, a, a magnificent pairing. Of, of Eidolon of the Great Revel and uh, Kamano faces Kakazan. Yeah, it's one of those cards where it's like you don't want to get burned out by the burn deck, but in order to remove the burn card, you have to get burned, <laughs> like most of the time. So it's just like a you gotta, you just gotta eat it, right, Airball? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm really glad this card is coming um, because I think formats are better when mono red is good, and this is just a pretty huge upgrade on the two drop slot. Uh, on the mono red decks that exist in Explorer right now. And those mono red decks keep the format honest when they're good. Uh, I also kind of like the symmetric effect 
Uh, you don't see that a whole lot with modern magic cards anymore, but this card hits you too when you mm -hmm. play it. And if you're playing modern burn, or if you're playing uh, uh, pioneer burn, you're probably going to hurt yourself uh, almost as much as you're hurting your opponent. Uh, your opponent is hurting themselves uh, by casting their removal spells. Um, th this makes the mirror match very, very difficult in a way that I am here for. I don't want to play a mirror match without on the great level. That's why I cast Worldbreaker. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Courser of Crewfix. This can help you against Eidolon and the Great Rebel. One in double green for a 2-4 centaur. Play with the top card of your library revealed. You may play the top card of your library if it's a land. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. So, um, ever since like a couple, three years ago, I haven't seen Courser of Crewfix being played in Pioneer. Uh, but maybe it's because... There's, there's another card that's played that is just strictly better than Corsair Crewfix, I think. But this this has its uses, especially if you need the life gain in a deck, and it's also a 2-4. Four. Uh, four toughness is, is uh, a, pretty, a pretty big deal right now in Explorer. So. Especially because it blocks Graveyard Trespasser and things like that. So um, Is Corsair Crewfix playable in Explorer right now, given that it is a slightly lower power level than Pioneer? uh it might be it, it might be um yeah i i think it could see some play uh especially like obviously in the first couple of weeks when this is released to um to the client on arena um i think you know people are going to try and build some maybe some rampy decks i don't know is are people able to play Lotus Field on 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 Explorer or no? No, you can't play you can't play an Explorer even even past this anthology because Hidden Strings isn't mm. uh, uh, isn't in this anthology. I assume, I assume if they, when they, when we do an Explorer with an anthology three, they might bring that into the format. But isn't isn't Augur of Autumn just better than Corso of Crucifix, right? But I don't see this. I don't I don't see this thing any play right, Airball. I think you're right. Um, I think the card is pretty much just a 2-4 for 3. Um, because it doesn't let you make an extra land drop for your turn. right? Oh, it just yeah, lets you play right. a land off right. the top of your deck. Uh, which is going to happen like 45% of the time. It's like drawing a card, but it's like drawing the worst card in your deck most of that time. Um, I think for 3 mana, you really need to do better. Yep. Yeah. Alright, moving on to a card that makes Abzan Greasefang much better. Seder Wayfinder. You no longer have to play Mulch or anything like that anymore. You can play a 2-mana 1-1 one, one Seder that when it enters the battlefield reveal the top 4 cards of your library, you can put a land from among them in your hand, and then put the rest into your graveyard. This card is a 4-of staple in every deck, every Abzan Greasefang deck, and it makes Abzan Greasefang rise even further to the top of the meta and makes it tier 1, I believe. Hmm. Yep. I agree. That's easy. Now, okay, I agree with you. I think Seder Wayfinder is a great card. I think it's really good in Grease Fang. It's a Brewer's Paradise card. Uh, it lets you do all sorts of things that Brewers love to do. Fill your graveyard, put a 1-1 in play cheaply, uh, find a combo piece in the top of your library. It's an awesome card. Whether it makes Grease Fang Tier 1, I'm going to hold my breath on that because I need to see how many copies of Karn are going to be cast on turn 3. <laughs> With the printing of, or with Nykthos coming to the format, mm. uh, because I think that that has been what has been holding Grease Fang back in Pioneer that did not exist until uh, until the printing of Nykthos in uh, in Explorer. So we'll I, I really want to see how many copies of Karn are floating around after this is after this comes out. Yeah, I agree 100. percent I I think is as long as it doesn't there's no turn three Karn. I th uh, turn three Karn on the play is what will beat Grease Fang. If Greasefang's on the play, Greasefang definitely wins. But if Greasefang's on the draw with a turn three Karn, then it's not good enough. But we'll see how it goes. We already know how good Mono Green is those in the format. So um, that is a deck that will keep Greasefang in check. But Seder Wayfinder is a very good upgrade. All right. We're not wasting any time here. We're moving on to the next one. <laughs> you heard that? It's waste. Oh. It's waste. Oh my gosh, what a joke. Anyway, uh, it's just a basic land, but it doesn't actually have a basic land type. Oh, please. please. If you're watching this from YouTube, just look at their faces. They're the best. Uh, this is a basic land, doesn't count as a basic land type. Also, can't get it from a card like Beseju, because Beseju said a uh, land with a basic land type. But it's Wastes, which also counts for Wingding Mana. Um, 
there's not much more to say about it. It's a basic land. It's I'm glad it's here, especially for you know like cool Eldrazi. Yep, that's for you know. There's the Eldrazi lovers. I I believe they probably have like a poster of wastes in their room. You know, that's just that's what I think about when I see waste. That's just all the empty Coke cans and everything in, on the on the desk and stuff. That's the wastes that you're talking about, right? In the that's trash can over there. Please, please, it, it's Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah you're we right. all know no. it's Mountain Dew. Right, it is Mountain Dew. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> anyway, let, not much to say about that. Uh, let's not waste anybody's time here. Uh, let's go on to the next one. It's a Muta Vault. This card is very good. It's a land. It adds a colorless mana to your mana pool, so you guessed it, Eldrazi mana. Uh, you can pay one mana. Muta Vault becomes a 2-2 creature with all creature types until end of turn. It's still a land. So this enhances a bunch of different archetypes. It enhances um, vampires, zombies. This card is a four of in Zombies decks, I believe, or three of. Um, a lot of tribal archetypes that play Mutavolt in. Also, just a really good aggressive land to attack with. It's played in Mono White. A lot of, a lot of different decks play this. Um, I think this is a... This is this definitely a strict upgrade to a lot of other creature lands we have. But uh, any decks come to mind, Airball, that uh, Mutavolt is played in? That I didn't mention already? Oh, God. Mon mono Red. Like, oh, yeah, mono red. Monocolor aggressive decks really, really love these colorless cheap man lands to activate. Mutavolt is probably the best man land in the format, in my opinion, just because it's so cheap to activate. Um, the cost of playing it is so low, and it does have the tribal synergies you're talking about. Yeah, to add on to what uh, Airball said, I think Mutavolt, as far as you playing against Mutavolt or the opponent of a Mutavolt, um, it is a skill testing card. It really it really pushes the skill testing on you about how you think about combat, like beginning of combat, and also tribal effects. Because you can kind of get got sometimes you forget like, oh, I have a clean attack in, or you know, the board state looks really good, or I'm ahead right now. And then they go and activate Mutavolt for one because you forgot that that can be a thing. They can, you know, um, so they say so they they do that, and sometimes they can use right. You can use the mana to activate itself, even though it'd be tapped. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So like they can do that, and sometimes something will say like, "Oh, sacrifice a like a merfolk," or you know, um, if something happens with a creature showing up, or something or the other sort. Yeah, it it, it triggers. The way it can like trigger things or make things happen that you did not expect, it really puts the onus on your opponent or yourself if you're going against this to really pay attention to Mutavolt. Uh, it's a card that has gotten me so many times, and I, I do not, you know, there's no shame in admitting that because it's something I still have to always learn about Mutavolt. Uh, there's just so much ways that your opponent can use it, and usually when you use Mutavolt, Mutavolt you don't have to think as hard because it's just kind of part of the repertoire of your deck of what you're doing. But like, if you're ever playing against a mute vault, just keep looking at that card, keep highlighting that card, and looking at the board state that your opponent is making because it's just really easy to get get got by a mute vault. Right. Well, yeah, I think I'll, I should point out that like a lot of the power of mute vault comes from um, the low opportunity cost of activating it. So like, usually when you're activating manlands that exist in the format and explorer right now you're talking about den of the bugbear hide of the eye tyrant those cost four mana to activate and then cost another effective mana because you're tapping them to attack um so if you do that and your opponent has instant speed removal then you've wasted your entire turn and stone range yourself mutavolt doesn't really have that problem you're activating one mana and spending a total of two to attack with it if your opponent has instant speed removal, oftentimes that's not so bad because you can still make another play to the board while your opponent had to waste their removal spell on your on your land. Right. Uh, another deck I, I that I've seen utilize Mutavolt at four copies, the Gruel the Gruel Vehicles deck, which has rose arisen in popularity a lot, and I believe actually had a, a above sixty five percent win rate in the last Explorer of stats that I saw, which was incredible. Um, people are sleeping on that deck, and it plays uh, a lot of copies of Sky Sovereign Console Flagship, and it does play four copies of Mutavolt. Just a really good aggressive land, and uh, shines in aggressive mid-range decks and aggressive. All right, moving on to the last Eldrazi. There's so many of these. I didn't realize there were so many Eldrazi's, but here we are. Probably the best one 
so far. Thought not seer. Three in a wingding for an Eldrazi. When Thought Not Seer enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-land card from it and exile that card. Permanently. When Thought Not Seer leaves the battlefield, target opponent draws a card. So they never get that exiled card back like you're used to seeing in like a like a detention sphere type effect. Um, but it does more of it does more of like the Skyclave apparition type of thing. Like it's gone forever, and they get a little bit of something when this dies. It's a four mana four four Eldrazi. So um, this is definitely played in mono green Tron and modern, and played in Eldrazi decks in modern as well. But one thing that Pioneer doesn't have and Explorer won't have that modern has is Eldrazi Temple, which gives a two extra mana if you're if you're casting an Eldrazi or Eldrazi ability. And since you don't have that land, it's very difficult to make these Eldrazi's work because they're a little bit overstated for being a four four. Um, but this is the most popular Odrazi. You know, there's definitely people who are probably listening to the podcast who are very nostalgic about Thought Not Sierra. So, um, you know, I think it's going to serve that purpose well. But at the same time, I still think, like, Eldrazi definitely needs more tools if it's going to be seriously played. Um, but people are going to play it, and they're going to have fun, and that's great. All right, moving on to the last one. It is Reflector Mage. This one's an awesome card. One white and a blue for a 2-3 human wizard. When Reflector Mage enters the battlefield, return target creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. That creature's owner can't cast spells with the same name as that creature until your next turn. So I have seen this in anywhere from humans decks, five-color humans, four-color humans, even like on a white human splashing this. I've seen it in like Bant. Uh, even, even Bant spirits I've seen play this, even though it's not a spirit. It's just a very uh, powerful effect to have, um, and honestly, one that you probably never want to play again, because you just don't get to cast a spell again. Um, Airball, have you played with this card or against it? Uh, what are your feelings on Reflector Mage or now? Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of it either way. I did I, I did uh, have it played against me when I was playing Yorian, and my opponent bounced my Yorian, and I read the first half of the card, bounced the creature to its owner's hand, and I'm like, you just bounced my Yorian, you're insane. <laughs> and then my turn came around, and I'm like, why can't I play it? Uh, yep. And then I had to read the card. And that's my least favorite thing to do in Magic, I have, having to read the card. It makes me feel dumb. Um, <laughs> but I, I think uh, it's a target for the Enigmatic Fires deck. Um, I think that it's a reasonable tempo card as well in, like, a blue-white aggressive deck as well, if one exists, which I don't think it does in Explorer right now. Um, and it's also just, like, an iconic magic card that I'm glad exists in the format. I, I'm glad people have access to play with this card. Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed with everything Airball said. And, you know, one thing in this anthology that it pairs well with is the eerie interlude. Like if you end up, you know, exiling, you know, your, your um, reflector mage and it comes back, you can like maybe, you know, bounce one or two things in one turn if you had the six mana to pull this off. Um, so, and that's pretty powerful of like stun locking your opponent for playing two creatures. Um, it's just, and maybe that's like the only two creatures they have in their hand and like maybe a land card. So, like, now they really have nothing to do. So, I think, I think it's going to do some fun, powerful things. And, uh, um, I don't know. I just, I just think it's a, it's a really interesting card, and uh, I've never had to play against one, or I've never had, or I never played one either. But I'm definitely familiar with how it feels. Like I've seen, I've watched content of how locky it could feel. It doesn't feel great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it does, it does really feel like a lock. Uh, all right. Um, any, any final words on what you, how you feel about the Explorer anthology as a whole? Uh, is there any cards you think that we left out? Is there any cards you, any decks, archetypes that you think that they uh, put too many cards in or something? Uh, what What are your final takeaways, Airball, of the Explorer Anthology 2? Nykthos isn't getting banned anytime soon. I think that's what we can infer from this. I think most of us already probably suspected that it was the promo card for the RCQs. Wizards really didn't want to ban it, didn't think it was a problem. But now we know that they had a choice about which cards to put into Explorer. They have finite amount of time and dev hours with which to do that, and they chose to put Nykthos in ahead of some other card that would have, in theory, stuck around for the rest of Explorer's life on the client. Treasure Cruise. They, th they think Nykthos is going to stick around. Um, so get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep, Nikdos is here to stay. Uh, I don't really... It's, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like rock, paper, scissors kind of thing of like, you know, uh, there's the mono green decks, you know, in Pioneer, there's, or, you know, the, the green devotion decks in Pioneer, there's the Rakdos decks, and there's Phoenix, and then there's a couple other things. And I feel like, you know, the faster they can get to kind of enabling some of the other stuff um, for... Uh, to go against mono green devotion, I think that's gonna be wise. But I think you might see like an uptick a lot in explorer being played with lots of people playing mono green, and then we're you know I'm I'm concerned about like the mono green, the health of the format on explorer, um, because people might get disinterested about trying to battle mono green decks all the time because what they're doing is just pretty unfair. Um, but the winners of of this this you know, card dump is essentially um, red decks, white decks, well, mono red decks, like the burn stuff, white decks, and then mono green, I think is kind of like the big takeaway of the winners of this this uh, card dump. Yeah, I, mean, I like that there's cards for Historic Brawl for those who played, for those who play Historic Brawl. I like the fact that there's certain tribal things that have, that they've uh, clearly emphasized, like uh, Eldrazi's, and there's um, there's a Mutavault in here. Uh, I, I like the fact that they like while well, say once again that they put Nikdos in the format, realize that they're gonna have to put decks in that also beat Mono Green. So Eidolon of the Great Revel and and Brave the Elements come in. So I like the fact that they realized that and then made uh decks stronger that beat Mono Green. So we will see how the Explorer meta shapes up after this, and just expect to play against a lot of Mono Green if you do play Explorer now. All right, that's it for us. Thank you so much to everyone for listening, and especially those who made it this far. Make sure to give us a follow to see our next episodes. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Nuts and Bolts Pod, and we will see you in the top eight. See you guys. See you, folks.